0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Cat and the Trunk A short story by Robert Fairhead Chapter 1 The Trunk Stevie was slumped on the living room sofa when his mum and dad returned home from the shops. Their raised voices drowned out the old gangster movie on TV. It's junk, Stevie's mum snapped. No, it's not, his dad retorted. It's an antique and a bargain. The guy wanted 50 quid for it, but I knocked him down to 30. There was a moment's silence. Stevie slid down on the sofa. You wasted 30 pounds on an old suitcase. It's not a suitcase, his dad protested. It's a trunk, an antique travel trunk. Another moment's silence. Stevie slid further down on the sofa. I don't care what you call it, just get it out to your shed before it drops dust everywhere. Or better still, stick it where it belongs, on the verge with all your other useless junk. Stevie's dad swore and stomped off through the house and out the back door, slamming it behind him. The TV suddenly sounded very loud and Stevie hoped his mum wouldn't notice it or him, but her x-ray eyes cut through the back of the sofa. What's this rubbish you're watching, Stevie? Don't you have homework? She demanded. No, Mum. Well, get outside and play or something. All this sitting around in front of the TV isn't good for you. Stevie dropped his chin and turned off the TV. The gangsters had just robbed a bank and were about to have a shootout with the police. And stay away from your dad, his mum called after him as he trudged out the back door. He's in a foul mood. Chapter 2. The Cat Stevie's back garden with its strip of overgrown lawn and low wooden fence looked much the same as others in the housing estate. Except for his dad's shed. Which took over the rear half of the garden. It was a square windowless box-like building that Stevie's dad had built himself and when his dad was in a good mood, which wasn't often, he let Stevie sit inside on a wonky chair and watch him fix other wonky chairs and tables to resell at car boot markets. At all other times, which was most often, the door was closed and the shed was strictly off limits. Stevie's dad appeared from the shed and stormed back into the house. Stevie wandered around the garden, kicking straggly weedy flowers Humming a tune to himself, trying to ignore his mum and dad shouting at each other. He wondered why parents on TV never seemed to fight. As Stevie neared the shed, he noticed his dad had left the door ajar. And then Stevie heard a clunk and a meow from within the shed. He glanced towards the house. His mum and dad were arguing in the kitchen, but he couldn't see them, which meant they couldn't see him. Stevie decided it was safe to risk a quick peek inside the shed. Puss-puss, here puss-puss, he called hoping to coax the stray cat outside before his dad returned and caught them both in the shed. There was another meow, but the cat did not appear. Stevie swallowed his fear and slipped into the shed. Against the far wall surrounded by stacks of broken-legged chairs and tables awaiting repair was the source of his parents' latest argument, the old travel trunk. Intrigued, Stevie approached the trunk. It was coated in dust. He wiped a patch clean and saw a collection of stickers from all over the world with names of strange places and pictures of tall buildings, bridges, canyons, and... Meow. The cat was in the trunk. Stevie eased open the lock and lifted the lid. A pair of green eyes set in a smudgy face gleamed back at him. Meow, (laughs) said the cat. Stevie held out his hand. The cat leaned forward to reveal a rusty-coloured coat with white socks. It sniffed nervously, then wiped its whiskers back and forth against his outstretched fingers and purred. Stevie smiled. His smile vanished when the back door opened and slammed shut. The cat jumped from the travel trunk and disappeared under a table. Stevie heard his dad's heavy footsteps pounding down the garden path, and fear coursed through him. He had to hide before his dad caught him in the shed, and so Stevie followed the cat's example and hopped into the trunk, lowering the lid just as his dad creaked open the shed door. It was dark inside the trunk, and musty. Dust tickled his nose, and Stevie had to rub it to stop from sneezing. His heart thumped so loudly, he was sure his dad would hear him. Outside, Stevie heard muffled sounds as his dad cursed and threw tools about the shed. Inside the trunk, it was hot and hard to breathe. Stevie was suddenly thirsty too. He licked his lips and hoped his dad would soon return to the house. And then Stevie sneezed. Twice. (coughs) Chapter 3. The Gangsters Stevie held his breath. Everything went quiet, except for his heart, which was thumping even harder, threatening to burst from his chest. There was a click and the lid of the travel trunk lifted open. Stevie clenched his eyes shut against the sudden bright light and braced himself for his dad's anger at finding him in the shed. Hey Daphne, look what we got here. Stevie opened his eyes and blinked. A man with a thin black moustache and a cigarette dangling from his bottom lip and a woman with thick make-up and curly blonde hair peered down at him. Both looked as surprised to see Stevie as he was to see them. A spy, Jerry? The woman suggested with a high-pitched laugh. <laughs> What's your name, kid? The man asked as he reached down and pulled Stevie roughly from the trunk and pushed him onto a bed. Stevie sat up and looked around him. The shed was gone and he was now in a small room with a double bed and a dressing table and a window through which he could hear cars tooting their horns. Didn't your ma learn you know manners, honey? The woman asked, sitting down on the bed beside Stevie, prodding him gently in the ribs. Now my name's Daphne and this gentleman here is Jerry. So what's your name, kid? Stevie swallowed. <laughs> Stuh, st- st- "'Stut, the man Jerry asked gruffly. "'What sort of a stupid name is stut, stut?' Oh, take it easy, Jerry,' the woman Daphne said, smiling at Stevie. "'He's just scared.' "'Scared? I'll give him scared,' Jerry retorted, shaking Stevie by the arm. "'Now what's your name, kid? Who sent you? Al? Bugsy? The Feds?' Stevie looked from Daphne, smiling grimly, shaking her head, to Jerry, cigarettes still dangling from his lip, face blotched red with anger. "'Answer me!' Stevie started to cry. My name is St- Stevie. No one sent me. I climbed into a travel trunk. I heard a cat and I... You heard a what? Jerry asked, tossing his cigarette out the window. A cat. It was rusty coloured with white feet and a smudged face and green eyes in it. Where'd you hear the pussycat, Stevie? Daphne asked, stroking his head. Stevie turned and pointed. In the trunk. Jerry walked back to the travel trunk. The lid was still open. He lifted one end of it and kicked the bottom. I don't see no cats, to Stevie. jumped out when my dad slammed the back door stevie explained jerry dropped the trunk he put another cigarette in his mouth lit it and drew a deep breath you want to pass that by me again he asked exhaling a plume of smoke that drifted across the room and set stevie gagging and coughing (laughs) daphne handed him a small white hanky stevie finished coughing into it wiped tears from his eyes and blew his nose My mum and dad were arguing in the house, and dad slammed the back door on his way back to the shed. And that scared the cat, and it jumped out of the trunk and hid under... Shut up, kid! Jerry shouted, his face even redder than before, reminding Stevie of his dad when he was angry. I don't want no more of your baloney. I want that cat. Now where is it? Stevie swallowed. (laughs) I told you, it jumped out of the trunk and... Jerry tossed his second cigarette out of the window and straight across to the bed, the back of his hand raised. Stevie turned and buried his face into the mattress. "'No, oh, Jerry!' Daphne screamed, throwing herself in front of Stevie. "'He's just a kid!' Stevie looked up past Daphne. Jerry was standing at the side of the bed, glaring down at him. "'You're going softer, me, Daphne!' Daphne wrapped her arms around Jerry, pulling him gently away from the bed. Of "'Course not, honey,' she cooed, kissing him on the cheek. "'It's just that he looks the same age as my kid brother.' Let me have some time alone with him. You know, big sis talk time. Jerry took a deep breath and turned to straighten his tie in the dressing table mirror. Okay, Daphne, you got 10 minutes to make Stevie here see sense and talk. Jerry slipped on a jacket from behind the door and grabbed the narrow brimmed hat. He unlocked and opened the door and turned to face Stevie sitting on the bed. Otherwise you'll be seeing stars, kid. You capiche? Stevie gulped and nodded. Daphne kissed Jerry on the cheek again. And locked the door behind him when he left the room. Chapter 4 The Threat You shouldn't upset Jerry, Daphne warned Stevie as she walked over to the dressing table. He's a nice guy, but he's got a mean temper. Do you want a drink? We ain't got no soda, but I got a jug of water here. My old ma told me drinking water's good for you. Stevie nodded and watched Daphne pour two glasses from the jug. Do you like gum? she asked, handing him a glass of water. I dated a dentist once who told me it's good for your teeth. Stevie shook his head and gulped down his water. Suit yourself. Daphne sat on the bed beside Stevie and lit a cigarette. Do you smoke, honey? Stevie shook his head again. Wise kid. It's not good for you. I started when I was your age. Used to be a dancer. Thought I'd make the big time. Now I get winded walking up the stairs. Daphne laughed and descended into a coughing fit. She stubbed out the cigarette and sipped a water to settle the coughing. Stevie handed back the hanky, and Daphne also wiped her eyes and blew her nose. Now, she said, patting Stevie on the leg. How about you tell me what happened to the cat? You see, it's going to cause you big trouble. Jerry, he put the cat in that trunk this morning, Daphne explained, pointing to it across the room. This afternoon, the cat's gone, and you're in there. So, tell your big sister the truth. Where's the cat? Stevie was confused. Why did Jerry put the cat in the trunk? Is it sick? Were you taking it to a vet? Daphne stood up and lit another cigarette. She paced a small circle around the room and sat down again on the bed. Look, honey, in a few minutes, Jerry's coming back into the room, expecting to see the cat. If it's not here, then he's not going to be very happy. Capish? Stevie was still confused. Is the cat his pet? Pet? Daphne choked on a cigarette smoke again. <laughs> oh, honey, don't make me laugh. The only pet Jerry's ever had was a rat and the slammer. So whose cat is it? Stevie asked. Don't you read the papers, kid. It's the Vandergild's cat. Their precious Tom-Tom. Those Vandergilds are crazy rich and cat-crazy. The papers say they spend more dough in a month on their cats than Jerry and me making a year of busting banks. Stevie was beginning to understand. Oh, so you're gangsters. You rob banks. You kidnap people. Daphne stubbed out a cigarette and laughed. (laughs) "'We're not gangsters, Stevie,' she said with a smile. "'We rob banks, yes, and sometimes during the getaways we have shootouts. "'But we're not gangsters, and we're not kidnappers either. "'Well, only this cat, which I guess makes Jerry and me catnappers.' Daphne laughed again. (laughs) There was a knock at the door. "'Let me in. It's Jerry.' Daphne stopped laughing. She grabbed Stevie by the shoulders and stared hard at him. "'Where's the cat, honey?' It jumped from the trunk and ran under the... I'm sorry, Stevie, Daphne said, dropping her arms and giving him a sad smile. I'll ask Jerry not to be too rough with you. She stood and walked to the door. Stevie jumped up and ran about the room, looking for a hiding place. There was no space under the bed and the window ledge was too narrow and too high up. With nowhere else to hide, Stevie hopped back into the trunk and pulled down the lid. He held his breath and listened to the door open and close. There were loud voices and then silence, followed by heavy footsteps approaching the trunk. CHAPTER FIVE THE RESCUE Stevie's heart was thumping hard again. The footsteps stopped and the lid of the trunk lifted. A bright light shone into Stevie's eyes, blinding him. No! He screamed and the light dipped. It's okay son, don't be frightened, a strange shadowy figure reassured him. I'm a policeman. Stevie blinked as his vision gradually recovered. First he made out the uniform of the policeman standing beside the trunk. The police had come to save him from the gangsters. Perhaps they would come to rescue the kidnapped cat too. Stevie stood up and stepped out of the travel trunk. He looked around the room, which was once again crammed with wonky furniture and his dad's tools. He was back in the shed. I found him, the policeman turned and called out. He's in here. Stevie's mum and dad ran through the shed doorway and hugged him. Stevie's dad ruffled his hair while his mum kept kissing him and crying. Stevie's eyes were full of tears too. But later that night, Stevie was the happiest he'd been in a long time. Perhaps since his last birthday. His mum had given him two helpings of ice cream and his dad had set up the second TV in his bedroom. And best of all, Stevie hadn't heard his parents fight all night, nor had he been told off for going inside his dad's shed. The policeman had talked to him about the dangers of hiding inside trunks. Stevie had been tempted to tell the policeman about the gangsters and the kidnapped cat, but he decided against it. After all, Jerry and Daphne must have been a dream. A knock at the door interrupted Stevie's thoughts. His parents entered the room. Are you feeling better, love? His mum asked. Stevie nodded, hoping she would offer him a third helping of ice cream. We got a surprise for you, son, his dad announced, lifting something out of a cardboard box. Look what I found lurking in the shed, he said, holding out a rusty coloured cat with white socks, a smudgy face and green eyes. Meow, said the cat. Tom Tom, Stevie exclaimed in joyful recognition. The cat purred and rubbed its whiskers against his outstretched hand. Looks like he chose the right name for him, love. Stevie's mum commented. Of course, we can't keep it until we've checked to see if anyone's reported him lost, his dad warned him. He looks a fine, healthy cat, so it probably comes from a good home. But if no one claims him, I guess we can keep the cat. Stevie smiled and stroked Tom Tom's head. The cat purred louder and nestled on the bed against him. Well, we'd better all get some sleep now, his mum said, tucking in Stevie's blankets. You won't forget what the policeman told you about hiding and curiosity killing the cat, will you, love? Stevie shook his head. His parents kissed him goodnight, even his dad, and left the bedroom, turning off the TV and light. Tom Tom's eyes gleamed in the dark, and Stevie smiled, feeling the cat's body purring beside him. He thought about what the policeman had told him. As Stevie saw it, this was one time where curiosity saved the cat, in more ways than one. And the cat in the trunk, Tom Tom, purred in agreement. Hi, I'm Robert Fairhead from Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True website. I wrote The Cat in the Trunk for a writing competition in England in the early 1990s. The story had to be to 3000 words long and based on the theme, Curiosity Saved the Cat. I was, and remained, fascinated by the possibilities of space-time travel, whether it be real-world, hypothetical or the stuff of dreams. Looking at my original notes, I borrowed the old travel trunk from another plot idea. In that one, the boy was transported to different places by polishing its exotic stickers. He cleaned the dust off a Sphinx sticker, hopped in the trunk and ended up in Cairo. For the cat in the trunk, I added Stevie's arguing parents, the gangsters and of course the curious cat. And though I left the dusty stickers on the trunk, they no longer set the travel destination. Did Stevie dream about Jerry and Daphne after watching the old movie on TV? Or did he travel inside the trunk to the gangsters hotel room in the same way as Tom Tom had escaped to the shed? I'll leave that to your imagination. I hope you enjoyed The Cat in the Trunk as much as Stevie enjoyed finding TomTom in it. (coughs) The next episode of Tall and True Short Reads will be in your podcast feed shortly. In the meantime, check your feed to make sure you haven't missed any of the earlier episodes. Please subscribe and rate and review the podcast via your favourite listening app. And don't forget to tell your family and friends about Tall and True Short Reads and the Tall and True website.